With the holidays around the corner, now's your chance to save time and money at Safeway Stock Up Sale. Plus, earn four times gas reward points on participating items. Look for tags on items like Honey Nut Cheerios. Select varieties are four for eight dollars with your club card. And select varieties of Betty Crocker Cake Mix, Brownie Mix, or Frosting are ten for ten dollars with your club card. Maximum gas reward at participating Sunoco stations is twenty cents per gallon and one dollar per gallon at Safeway stations in a single fill of up to twenty-five gallons. Other restrictions, limitations, and exclusions apply. For complete details, go to Safeway.com. This is Dwayne from Greensboro, and you are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. Welcome to a live edition of Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are coming to you live from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful Uptown Charlotte. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes if you can, plus follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, and I'm joined by my friend also in Charlotte, North Carolina. I thought about this. We were supposed to have a couple of other guests, and they were all from Charlotte. Uh, a couple of them had to, uh, had to bail last second. But I thought about this, David. If we're all going to be from Charlotte, we can't really talk about where we're from. We have to talk about like what neighborhood we're in. That, that's what we have to <laughs> So I'm coming to you from South End. David, where are you coming to us from? I'm coming from the main street to Codswald. <laughs> so dude, that hair is teeter. So mean. <laughs> it can be. Was that an actual listener we had doing the intro there, Doug? Okay. Yes. There's this, this show is special for a couple of reasons. I'm glad you mentioned that. First of all, it's special because we are live on the Locked On Networks, Locked On Podcast Networks Facebook page. So that's number one. At least I hope we are. I haven't double checked yet if the, if the feed's live. So hopefully you're seeing us live. But the second reason this is so special is because you just heard that intro. We had a longtime listener, Dwayne, send in an intro for us. We've gotten several of these that we're going to be airing over the summer. It's one of the many perks that you get as a member of our Patreon team. If you haven't heard of Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, it's a way to help support this show and uh, keep our hive alive, keep us going. Uh, th- this does take a-, a little bit of financials on our part to make this happen. So we appreciate your support. You can sign up today at patreon.com forward slash L-O-H to support the show you love and get access to content before anyone else. You're going to hear a couple of things today, one from Marcus Page and one from Paul Lucas from UniWatch on the Hornets uniform reveals. Both of those things were on Patreon yesterday before you heard them today. So sign up there uh, when you get a chance. And uh, finally, this show's special because we do have new Hornets guard Marcus Page on later in the show. And he's one of several players that signed yesterday for the Charlotte Hornets and ESPN's Paul Lucas with some uniform talk. So let's get this thing going, David, if you're ready. I'm always ready. Let's do it. That's cool, though. That's really cool to have somebody that actually listens to us, you know, give us the intro. That's awesome. That's cool in and itself, in and of itself, that someone actually pays attention and listens to us. That's that's cool. And that they would, yes, that they would send in their voice. We've got a couple on deck. So if you haven't heard yours yet, don't worry. We're going to get those out Sweet. ASAP. Uh, so let's start with what happened yesterday. And a lot happened yesterday and over the past few days in general for the Charlotte Hornets. It's kind of under this shadow, David, of NFL camp beginning. 
but mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. is happening. Let's run through what they did first. So they guaranteed Johnny O'Brien's deal worth $1.5 million this season. He'll slot in as the fifth big so far. They signed Isaiah Hicks, 6'9", power forward out of the University of North Carolina, and T.J. Williams, 6'3", forward out uh, – or 6'3", guard, excuse me, out of Northeastern to training camp deals. Finally, they signed Marcus Page and Mango Mathiang to two-way contracts. Uh, let's start with O'Brien. He got to Charlotte midway through last season on a 10-day contract. He showed enough promise. He had that great game against Denver in Denver where he hit a couple of threes and – and really shut down Jokic on the defensive end. And then he got hurt. But it seemed like he had done enough both in that game and and in the practices that were around that time that showed the organization enough to give him an unguaranteed deal. And, you know, he's been working out over the summer. I saw him a few times during the summer workouts, and he's done enough now uh, to get that uh, guaranteed contract for next season. Uh, What do you think they see in him, David? Well, I think you just mentioned it. I mean, the the little flash that he showed, but probably the consistency is the biggest thing that these guys are looking for. I mean, it's probably the biggest reason that um, uh, uh, Briante, you know, wasn't signed. I don't think it was like a, a, a either or situation with those two guys. Uh, do you? Like, I don't think they were just choosing one. I mean, I think Briante, I think they were their own separate uh, cases, right? No, definitely. And as we'll discuss later, I think they're still looking for a third veteran point yeah. guard. And I think if they were confident that Briante Weber could have filled that role, they would have kept him. I think they were looking yeah. for additional bigs. I mean, they have Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky, Dwight Howard. Those are your top four bigs for the team. They, they need a fifth. Right. They're looking for a sixth. So they could sign a, an additional big. Uh, but yeah, if they weren't confident in Johnny O'Brien, what they've seen this summer so far, they definitely could have and would have looked elsewhere, I imagine. Yeah, I think they do like that. I mean, a little bit of a scoring punch. I mean, at the at the fifth big, I do think they're still, you know, willing to give him a, a chance. But he's obviously shown enough in practices, workouts, and, uh, you know, in other areas that they, they feel comfortable enough with him sticking around. So, I mean, congrats to him. Another one of these cool stories where you see a guy get a chance, right, like late in the season. You know, you think back to those end-of-season games, uh, Doug, and, like, there wasn't a ton to talk about. Uh, you know, the playoff chances were, were dimming, if not already extinguished. Um, and you see a cool story like Johnny O'Brien come up and him get guaranteed. I mean, that's, that's one of those cool things that you don't, you know, you don't expect to see. But it's, it's cool to see him stick around and, and grab a spot. I'm looking on the Facebook, the Locked On Networks, Locked On Podcast Networks Facebook page. We are live. Oh, my gosh, I'm seeing myself. This is like... This is a miracle <laughs> of broadcast. Okay, listen, if, if you are watching us live right now on Facebook, here's what I want you to do. Comment, uh, send us some questions, send us some comments. Uh, if you want to know where I got this Muggsy, this sweet, uh, I got to put my laptop down. You can't see this sweet Muggsy Bogue shirt I have on. He's like kind of laying on top of a beach ball. Have you seen this shirt, David? This is a cool tee. No, I need to get on Facebook immediately. Yeah, check this, this out. Is this a I retro? Got... Is this a throwback thing? Oh, it's, this, well, it's this... totally – well, it's, it's not retro in the sense that it was made now, but, yes, it's a throwback to Muggsy Bogues. Um, it's a cool tee. I don't know exactly where you can acquire this tee, uh, but I will tell you – I will shout out my buddy Mike who listens to the show. Uh, he was my buddy before hey, he listened to the show. Uh, yeah, hi, Mike. Thanks for the shirt. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, but, yeah, give us a comment uh, in here, and uh, we'll take a look at that uh, throughout the show. Okay, Let's get back to some of these signings that the Hornets did yesterday. Page, uh, Marcus Page from UNC, Mango Mathiang from Louisville. 
They will be playing on two-way contracts, David. Uh, Let's give the listeners and the viewers a little short breakdown of what a two-way contract even is. This is a new thing. Yeah, and we talked about this a little before the draft when we thought they might try and use these two-way contracts. Basically, they differ from the normal G League signings, Doug, in that these two guys are now, you know, will be moving or can move between the Greensboro Swarm and the Charlotte Hornets. They can be with the Hornets up to a maximum of 45 days during the season, um, and they will not be accessible by other NBA teams. So, like, a lot of times with G League guys, you know, the Hornets or, or another team could go into the G League team of, a, of another NBA team and grab someone if they're avail- available. These two guys are now locked in to the Charlotte Hornets, and that guarantees them a little bit more money. Uh, I think the more days, of course, they spend up with the Hornets, the more uh, that will, the more money they will get. But I think it's the exclusivity factor. Uh, that's the big game changer for these. And this is something new. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how many teams take advantage of this and how it works out. Um, but yeah, they'll be, they'll be kind of going in between the two teams. And I think, I mean, there's a lot of ins and outs of it. There's, 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 there's plenty of, um, of, uh, of, of um, frequently asked questions and lists on the internet that you can check out for these. But basically that's what it is. It guarantees these FAQs, guys are with the Charlotte Hornets. FAQs. Exactly. Um, and then it can move up and down. But so it's interesting because Paige is in those workouts with some of these other guys that you thought may get signed for that third point guard spot. And you mentioned that, that this probably doesn't mean that they're not going to add another, another third point guard because they're obviously going to need somebody who's up there full time. Yeah, this two-way contract thing was actually adopted from an NHL system. And essentially these players, Marcus Page and, and Mathiang are going to make uh, they, they could possibly make $279,000 on the year, whereas before, right. uh, they, I think the base salary went up too. So the base salary is 75000 That's what they get just for playing in Greensboro. And then they could make a maximum of, of 279000 if they get called up for 45 days, which is the maximum number that a two-way contract player could be called up. So it's essentially that's like – days. That's, yeah, yes, that's 45 days, days not 45 not games. games. Right. Yes. Did I say games? No, no, no. I was just okay. clarifying for the listeners because, yes. I mean, it sounds weird to say that. When you, I, just you know, make, I'm checking my, I just want to check myself. This is a learning <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's, like, it's like the days don't – there's a lot of ins and outs. There's like it's, the days count, but not until the G League season starts and, like, it doesn't count up until the regular season. But, like, basically 45 – Regular Basically, days. you need that a calculator and a protractor to figure this out. Yeah. But uh, what we'll try to we'll, we'll try to decode it as the season goes on. If the Hornets decide to call up a, a Marcus Page or a Mango Mathiang. Hey, speaking of Page, I had a chance to speak with him for a few minutes right after he inked his deal. He's worked out uh, for the team a couple of times now, and uh, he says they love his ability to shoot the basketball. But there's still work left to do. Take a look. Obviously, they want to see me, you know, continue to grow as a player overall. But I showed my competitive edge, my willingness to, you know, be aggressive on defense and, you know, my my improved strength. Um, in terms of what they want to see me improve, obviously, getting stronger is, is number one. Continue to get stronger, and, and that'll make me a better player, better finisher, better defender and stuff. But uh, they just like the way I play. I, I'm a smart player. I make good decisions, and I can shoot the ball really well. 
Now, last season you played for the Salt Lake City Stars. Mainly they used you in the off-guard position last season. Is that where you envision yourself as an NBA player, or do you really want to transition eventually into that true point guard role? Yeah, I think uh, I, I was hopeful to get more minutes on the ball. Um, you know, as somebody that plays the one, but can also move off the ball for stretches. Because um, the way the league's going, you know, multiple ball handlers play together all the time. But they kind of used me as like a traditional shooting guard, which I think kind of hurt my game a little bit. It didn't allow me to do what I, you know, what my strengths are and, and showcase my abilities. So um, I'm excited to, you know, get a little bit more time on the ball and, you know, in playmaking opportunities. Um, Cause I think that's what benefits me. Do you have a sense of what coach Clifford, what the Hornets organization really value in that true point guard position? And do you think that your skills sort of match up to that? I do. I do. I, th- I think, you know, being a vocal leader is big for this coaching staff. I having talked to them the last couple of days and I kind of have that naturally. Um, and a lot of the other qualities that they, that they look for in a point guard, um, they just want to see me keep getting better. You know, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for that kind of having my foot in the door with the Hornets, but also having a chance to really, you know, play a lot and get a lot of reps uh, in Greensboro and stuff. So I'm excited for this opportunity and I think it's going to benefit me as a player. And I think I can, I think I can help the, uh, both organizations. Now, the way your college career ended, I know you probably get asked about it a lot. You've said before that you've you've thought about it a lot in the past, or at least you know right right after it had happened. Do you still think about it? How have you processed it now that you've spent a year working on your MBA dream? You've sort of transitioned from college into working on getting into the NBA. Yeah, I still think about it from time to time because I live in Chapel Hill. Uh, they just won the championship. You know, a lot of my boys just won the championship this year. So, I mean, I think about it from time to time, but it's far from, you know, at the front of my head. You know, everything I think about right now is is moving forward with this, you know, great opportunity. And up until this past week, it was wondering where I'm going to be, you know, working out, finishing summer league strong, all that stuff. So I've really transitioned to, you know, being a pro and not really worrying about it because I had a great career and we did everything we could. So um, I think about it a little bit, but I think those guys winning the championship helped me a lot. Have you had the opportunity to talk to uh, Kemba Walker or Michael Carter Williams yet? No, I haven't. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm up here today in Charlotte. Um, and then I'll probably be back. Uh, I'm getting married in a couple of weeks and then I'll probably be back up to start the workouts and stuff when the rest of the guys get into town. Oh, wow. Well, good luck on the wedding prep. I've done that. So Thanks. I know that, that uh, you know, I don't know how it is making an NBA team or which one's more difficult, but I tell you, sometimes that lead up to the marriage uh, can be uh, can be quite the hectic process. So uh, uh, congratulations on both the contract and uh, the future marriage. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We're looking forward uh, to following you and your journey. All right. Thank you. Big thanks to Marcus Page there, who David, I don't know if you heard, he signed a contract and he's getting married. Like, just two big events uh-huh. right on top of one another. Yeah. I mean, which do you think is weighing more heavily or which do you think he's more excited about? No, that's a dumb question. <laughs> um, but that might be an impossible question. <laughs> an impossible question. But you mentioned the planning aspect of it. Hopefully, he's just, he's just uh, you know, going with the flow. How involved were you in the planning of your wedding? Oh, very. 
uh, involved in every decision, agreed with everything, though. So it worked out well for exactly. everyone. Exactly. That's, that's, that's how involved I was, too. Everything. Yes, that sounds great. That looks great. That's amazing. Uh-huh. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. Well, whatever you like. No, that's great. That's how you have to be, man. Uh, the one thing, well, <laughs> the one, this is kind of a funny story. The one thing I did, I, I picked our song and it was, a, it was, it, we didn't really have like a, you know, a first dance song that was readily apparent. So we were kind of racking our brains and we wanted to pick a song Chose. that, what's that? The Wet Sprocket. Chose the Wet Sprocket. I wish. Now, if I had yeah. thought of it then, no. But uh, K- Katie, producer Katie was really stressed out about the wedding and I posed a song that again had had a little bit of significance. We didn't just didn't really have a significant song, and she was so stressed out about the wedding. She was like, "That's dumb." <laughs> she's like totally, like totally rejected it, David. But then she that must have been close to the wedding. It, it, it was like it was like, right it was like we were yeah. stressing. Everyone was stressing. Yeah, it was totally you know it was totally my fault for dropping the ball on the song. Um, but we eventually went with Rainbow Connection from the Muppets because we're both big Muppets fans. I like so. it. Yeah, okay. Good. All right, That's let's let's talk about this Marcus Page thing. So we know the Hornets were looking for a third point guard. Rick Bennell is reporting that Page is not expected to fill that role, and the team still plans to sign a veteran point guard to fill the third spot, David. So we, we kind of have that out of the way, because I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, you know, if they're Carolina fans, they like Marcus Page, they saw that signing, they go, ooh, maybe he's got a – but it's a two-way contract. He's going to spend most of his time yeah. in Greensboro, and those two-way contracts are really kind of emergency-type situations. They are essentially D-League call-ups that you can reserve. Uh, so he won't be that. So they're still looking for that, David. When do you think they'll fill that position? When uh, Do you have any kind of thoughts on that? I don't know, man. I thought they would have. I would maybe because they worked out a few. Week, but they worked out a few last yeah, week. They, yeah, right. They worked out all those guys, and they had to release uh, Briante Weber by August first, of course. Um, but I would expect it to be soon. They've been so caught up with the uniform release, Doug. You know, they they may have had their mind in other places. You're trying. You're, you're trying to segue me, and I like it. <laughs> hey, the other thing about those uh, two-way contracts, though, they don't count against the 15-man roster. I don't know if we mentioned that. So it's kind of like two extra guys that are not count. Those contracts are not counting against the teams. Yes, and um, so the Hornets know, now have 17 players on their training camp roster, but technically, mm-hmm. I think really only f- 14 or 15. Yeah. You know, it's they they haven't maxed out yet. They could they still have room to go out and get that. Uh, but yeah, I, I would think we hear something soon, right? I mean, they, I don't they know. You know, so their, I, I don't know. I don't know, know either. Because, they, they circled their guys, but we haven't heard anything. Because I wonder if they're waiting on some waivers, you know, because they worked out Norris Cole, they worked yeah. out Donald Sloan, which would seem to fit in that veteran role that they want for that third point guard position. But I'm just wondering if they're waiting for some guys to fall off to go ahead and make that, make that call. So I, I don't yeah. know if you you should yeah. expect any kind of thing until maybe training camp, or perhaps yeah, after. Right. Maybe you go point. listen. You've got Marcus Page, so maybe you go into the season, and you know if you still haven't found that perfect Oof. fit, you go into the season and and you see what happens. Man, you think they go into the season though with with just Kemba and Michael Carter Williams, and well, you, I mean, I guess maybe they're saying Malik Monk is about to be cleared or, or maybe or yeah maybe you go through training camp and so. see if monk could possibly fill that role i just think there are a lot of variables right now i think is what you and i are both saying so stay <laughs> tuned uh okay let's circle back to tuesday's show we were fresh off the unveiling of two of the four uniforms the hornets will be sporting next season the general reaction david that we got was a mix of confusion and maybe being slightly 
underwhelmed. We wanted an expert opinion on this subject, so we got the expert opinion on this subject. That's Paul Lucas from ESPN and UniWatch fame. David and I spoke to him yesterday, and he wasn't surprised at the reaction, which he says stems from a misconception about what happens when a league switches from one big brand uh, to another. Take a look. Uh, a lot of fans uh, think that that means every team is, is going to get a redesign, and it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, if you go back to 2012 when the NFL switched from Reebok to Nike, or even just uh, a month or so ago, the NHL switched from uh, Reebok to Adidas. It's kind of musical chairs with these companies and the various sports and leagues. Uh, but when you look at those other examples, uh, again, you see the same thing. Most teams stick with what they had or make extremely minor changes. Uh, and that's not really so surprising. If, if you look around the league, uh, not necessarily in, in uh, Charlotte, but you look at teams like the Kings or the Jazz, uh, they just unveiled new uniforms a year or two ago, you know, within very recent time frames. So you don't expect them to suddenly give themselves another makeover when they just gave themselves a makeover. And I think fans sometimes uh, misunderstand how this works. And, and uh, as you say, there's a lot of hype uh, and people expect that every change is going to be a momentous or you know radical change. And a lot of times it's a, a very small change. And of course, that's what we saw with the Hornets. Yeah, I think the hype part is, is weird, right, Paul? Because Teams are approaching this differently. I mean, the Bulls, you know, they just rolled out theirs via social media, I guess, basically. The Hornets, you know, asked people to get on the app, <laughs> enable push notifications, be ready for a big launch. And then, uh, you know, through the clouds, the two players appear in basically the, the same exact uniform. So I don't, <laughs> right. I don't know if it's – I'm not sure if there's, you know, necessary blame to go around. But it does seem a little misleading, especially from the team standpoint. And I guess the league has kind of left it up to the teams to roll these things out, right? Yeah, and that, that's kind of unusual. Uh, usually, when the, there's a change in outfitters, uh, you know, when there's the the whole uniform contract for a league uh, transitions from one company to another, usually there's one big unveiling event, and that's what the NHL just did uh, in Las Vegas uh, for their changeover. It's what the NFL did. Right. Uh, right here in Brooklyn, where where I'm speaking to you from, uh, in 2012, and I was at that event, and and it was very similar to what you're describing. The player they had live players on hand, and they sort of emerged from uh, you know a cloud of smoke or dry ice or whatever, <laughs> uh, and and everybody went ooh and ah, and then everybody realized that almost all the teams looked exactly the same as they had right. looked the year before. Uh, so it, it, there is this sense of anticlimax, uh, but it is yes, as you say, it is unusual that the the NBA seems to be letting the team kind of do it uh, you know on a team by team basis however they want and with not usually with not much advance notice do you think with with the Nike uh, coming in and, and bringing in four different uniforms and sort of this radical new direction that they're taking uh, NBA uniforms do you think that they're moving in a, a right direction I think some things about it uh, I'm kind of behind like I, I, I like the idea of saying you can wear any color either at mm -hmm. home or on the road. Uh, I think, uh, you know, in an era of high-def color TV, you don't necessarily have to have one team wearing white. I don't think that means you should just get rid of white uniforms, and of course they're not. Uh, but I think, um, you know, you can have color versus white, but you can have color versus color. And in fact, that's already been happening because teams have been allowed to wear color at home, uh, I think, up to eight times a season. And so we've seen, 
increasingly uh, with all the special occasion uniforms like the Christmas uniforms and things like that, uh, we've been seeing a lot of color versus color games. And now we're clearly going to see more of them. And a lot of them look great. Here with Paul Lucas from ESPN and UniWatch. He is a sports uniform expert. Paul, they still have a confirmed two more jerseys or two more uniform sets to unveil. And there's rumors that they that the Hornets could be one of eight teams that get the classic set. So there could be maybe possibly a return to those pinstripe uh, those pinstripe uniforms that were so iconic for the Charlotte Hornets. What are your thoughts on, on those uniforms? And let me add this, because this is a little controversial on our show. I'm a big fan of 90s jerseys, uh, NBA jerseys, because I feel like they're a time capsule because they were sort of a one-off for a lot of teams, whereas my cohorts... They, they like timeless uniforms. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Hornets and 90s jerseys in general? Uh, first, uh, as you mentioned, yeah, the Hornets will get two more alternate uh, uniforms released at some point. We, we don't know when, and it's, it's really not clear if it will be before the start of the season or I think it's probably going to be after the start of the season, but it, it, that's well, not Paul, clear. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry to interrupt. They, they said the other day that they're going to release these other two before the end of the summer, I believe, Doug. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in uh, some of their uh, some of their talks on social media last or earlier this week, they said before the end of the summer for the Hornets. All right, I, I was not aware of that. That's, yeah. uh, so thanks for setting me straight on that. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously. Uh, but every team uh, is going to have at least those two additional uniforms, uh, and you know it remains to be seen what what those are. And then, as you mentioned. Eight teams are going to get, um, they're calling it classic, let's just say they're throwbacks, because that's right. what they are, uh, and, and I think, uh, while I do not know this for a fact, I would be stunned if the Hornets were not one of those eight teams. I, I, am, I am fairly certain that's going to be the case. Uh, and, of course, you're referring to the, Hornet, the original Hornets uniform worn by the original Hornets franchise, and that's the uniform that was designed by a menswear designer, Alexander Julian, and uh, that, you know, that design, that pair of uniforms, the home and the road, uh, really set the tone throughout the sports world uh, with its use of purple and teal. For the next like dozen years or so, so many teams in so many different sports that either came into existence, like new expansion teams, or that gave themselves a, a redesign, existing teams that, that went to a redesign, they all used purple and or teal. And I've, I've written about this uh, a lot. And you look at Major League Baseball, the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Florida Marlins. Those are all 90s teams that wore purple or teal or both. Uh, you look at hockey and you had uh, the, uh, the San Jose Sharks and you look at other NBA teams, the Raptors and the Grizzlies came into existence wearing teal and purple. And, I mean, and that all started, this whole trend, uh, I think some people would say, you know, for better or for worse, uh, but it was definitely uh, a, a very strong trend uh, throughout uh, the sports design world. And as far as, uh, you know, being a classicist versus, you know, uh, like a 90s guy, I think there's room for both. Uh, you know, I think there's you've, you've got teams like the Knicks and the Celtics and the Bulls who you wouldn't really want to change their their main identity. Yeah. These are mm-hmm. these are legacy teams with deep, proud heritages. And then you've got newer teams that, that don't have as deep a history uh, and who came into existence at a more freewheeling time uh, and, and experimented more and, and don't have that same kind of, of longstanding connection. And I think that's fine, too. I think the, you know, the, the sports world and the universe, as I like to call it, uh, are, are big enough to handle both approaches to, to design. I think you can have the, your Celtics and you can have uh, I don't know, your, uh, your 1990s 76ers and Suns and, and all those teams that were really uh, going a little crazy there in the 90s. 
Big thanks to Paul Lucas there of ESPN.com. And UniWatch, you can follow him on Twitter at UniWatch, U-N-I Watch, and on his website, uni-watch.com. So see, David, someone is is okay with me in these 90s jerseys. There's there's room for me. There's room for this there's opinion. For everything. I think now he didn't really co-sign any of the like the super bad ones, but I mean, well, yeah, he, they're not fine. On the, listen, we just need to listen, talk you down. listen, not on the record. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't. We you know, I'm, I'm, also I had to cut that for time. So because we're going live, yeah, I didn't, we, we have the full interview on uh, YouTube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. I literally just sent it live. So after this show, can, keep watching the show. But after this show, head over and watch the full. It was like a 20 minute interview. And we got David. What else do we get into? We got into Jordan brand. What all did we talk about? There was a lot. We got into Jordan brand. We got into talking about the actual, you know, the throwbacks or the, the classics, as you heard there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could have talked to him for hours. I mean, really? That was, we, we that was a have. huge thrill because because Paul is is, is the godfather of, of uniform, you know, fandom on the Internet and, and information, information. If you got questions about just uniforms in general, check out his website. Uh, you talk about just an overload of, of stuff that you never even had knew you had questions about, but great conversation there. Uh, and, and he's coming look, back. You, you That's know, the, when they do the second definitely. reveal, we're going to get him back on the show. Uh, Patrick commenting now Muppets. Yay. Yes, that's good. And then Patrick saying nineties rock. So see, I think, listen, I think more people <laughs> than you think love the nineties jerseys. I'm not saying, I, listen, I, I understand. I'm not saying bring we them back. Start throwing some of these up. We, we've got to start looking at some of these and I'll point out to you the ones that are, that are good. And the ones that are not so good. Well, I'm I mean, not saying I, I just, listen, I work in design. Like I'm not an idiot. Like I understand that they would not work now. Don't, don't They're not pull on that. trend. Don't pull that card on me. <laughs> Listen, I know Photoshop. I understand the pixels. Listen, in the biz. Uh, okay, so you heard there though that I think there, and he sort of hit on some of the things that we talked about on Tuesday. That I think this was not a problem mm-hmm. with the jerseys. It's not a problem with the uniforms. Nobody really has a problem with the way they look. It was a problem, I think, of communication, that people were expecting one thing and got another. And, you know, it's all, it's all, in, the, uh, it's all in the service of learning, I think. Uh, finally, before, yeah. before we get out of here, David, Charlotte Hornets owner Michael Jordan. You heard of this guy? You heard, you heard of Michael Jordan? You know what? Funny story. I think he's from North Carolina. Uh, I do. I'll check that. I'll double check that, but I think you're right. Okay. He had some interesting things to say about LeVar Ball, Kobe Bryant, and LeBron James, which gives us another opportunity for an addition of in fairness to his airness. You know who is good at basketball? Michael Jordan. (laughs) All right, so... All right, so Michael Jordan was doing a question and answer session at his flight school in Santa Barbara and was asked about comments that LeVar Ball, father of Lonzo Ball, who is an actual professional basketball player, David. That's the connection to this whole story. Right. Uh, The comments that LeVar made in reference uh, to being able to take MJ in a game of one-on-one and MJ said, quote, you got to understand the source. I think he played college, maybe. He averaged 2.2 points a game. Really? It doesn't deserve a response, but I'm going to give it to you because you asked the question. I don't think he could beat me if I was one-legged. Oh, burn. do I have the do I have the sick burn? burn. 
Oh my God, I got to have it. I'll find it. But David, oh, here it is. That's a sick burn. Would you take a one-legged Jordan over a fully formed LeVar Ball? Yes, absolutely. And of course, there was the follow-up from uh, the big baller brand challenging MJ to like a $1 million winner-take-all pay-per-view event or something. I mean, this thing has gotten out of control and it's it's crazy, but would you expect anything less from MJ? I mean, I have to think that when this first came out, right, when LeVar Ball first said this and it hit the internet and there was a couple of follow-ups and people mentioned his, his points and scoring average that MJ, it, it made its way to MJ, right? And he locked that away for a future question and he was finally answered uh asked it at his at his flight school so i mean uh that's the funny part to me it was he was teed up and ready to go and then he just you know unleashed it i'm honestly surprised that jordan finally did comment on this because he has been so quiet and he sort of hinted at it in that statement like this doesn't deserve a response I think one thing you can say about Michael Jordan, he was like a notorious trash talker, right? I mean, he could devastate Mm -hmm. you whether you were his teammate or his opponent. I mean, he could devastate you emotionally with the things that he said. Crushing people. Yeah, followed by the things that he did. But, but David, here's the thing. He, it seemed like he always did it when it mattered. I just don't, and, and I'm sure a Jordan expert could correct me, but I don't remember famously him doing it a lot through the media when it didn't really matter. He would do it on the court. Uh, yeah, that was more Phil Jackson's move, exactly. like uh, using the media as a I'm leverage. I'm sure he did it. Uh, but this is, are but, you saying? So, I mean, so what I'm saying is he doesn't, this surprises me because he, I, I feel like he would do this, he would destroy LeVar in the boardroom now. Like Jordan Brand, he would make sure that Jordan Brand destroyed Big Baller Brand. But, you know, he got, oh. he was with some kids. It was a fun thing. And, and he kind of got goaded. The goat got goaded into doing this. Um, and it is a little surprising. But he always answers these. He always no. He always answers these questions. I mean, this comes up every summer when he goes to this camp. Um, but he rarely he, takes. This questions. is the thing. He rarely takes questions, and I think this is why. Like he, there's um around the time that Herney got fired. Um, excuse me. When um uh the the other Panthers general manager when Herney got hired because Gettleman, Gettleman. got fired. There was some talk about why doesn't Jerry Richardson come out and talk? And and then people were like, oh, hey, Michael Jordan never really comes out and talks to the media either. What's up with that? Well, what's up with that is this. <laughs> like he gets asked these sort of talk radio inane questions and right. and, and is forced to answer them. And, and rarely I don't I'm I have to double check the video, David, but I'm pretty sure no one asked him about signing Michael Carter Williams. <laughs> Like, no one asked him about Kimba Walker being an all-star, right? I mean, they don't ask Charlotte Hornets questions. They want to know his thoughts on LeVar Ball. They want to know his thoughts on Kobe Kobe Bryant versus LeBron. So let's talk about that. Well, that's that's the thing, Doug. That question is asked to him every year at this camp. I really gotta, really gotta get on the campers. They, they really gotta do some their homework before they get here. <laughs> These questions have been answered, guys. Yeah, let's attack <laughs> These the are kids. kids. I mean, let's attack the kids. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, this is a, his camp, and he gets out there and does this little question and answer uh, session for him every year. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, they they want to know what's going on. It, it's amazing. Who who forget a year ago, like like six months ago, what kid would have been asking? Jordan or anyone else about LeVar Ball, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's, that's crazy. That's a, and, and I, uh, I do, I do and tend to agree that this is a win for LeVar Ball and the, you know, big baller brand put it on Instagram and, and sort of went on the attack again. And that's their whole MO. They want to attack, attack, get attention, get attention, get attention. 
and it doesn't matter if they look ridiculous. It doesn't matter if it's to your, yeah. if it's patently to false. To your point, like I don't, I don't think you'll see. I think that's the end of it. I don't think you'll oh, yeah. see MJ going back at them. No. You know what I mean? Like this is it. No, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about this comments that he had about Kobe Bryant versus LeBron James. Jordan sided with Kobe Bryant, saying five beats three. A comment on Bryant's five titles to LeBron's three. It's a little old news, David, yep. as you just said. Like he's he's had this sort of comment before, even though it sort of gets regurgitated exactly. because it's the summer. Listen, yeah. it's August. We need something to talk about. Yeah. Basketball, right? Why? Nothing else going on. That, that's what the kids always want to know, too. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you just uh, a quick Google search. I mean, and I found one from 2013. It was the same exact quote, mm-hmm. except it was five mm-hmm. beats one. It was before LeBron had gotten a couple more. So, I mean, that is not news. Um, and anyone that's surprised by that, I guess, just needs something to be surprised at. Like, that's MJ's stance. He valued winning overall. Um, winning titles. He's always going to side with that. Yeah, winning titles. But this you and not, I can agree. Is, you and I can agree, right? That LeBron James, I think, objectively, statistically, and maybe even anecdotally, better than Kobe Bryant yeah. individually as a player. I mean, statistically, yeah, statistically, it's no question. It, he, yeah, and he says I would take him over LeBron. So, like, I haven't read the exact mm-hmm. quote this time around, but it always comes out to that, right? It's like. Not what I'm saying he's a better player. He was saying I would take him or I'd rather play with him. It's always about that killer mentality too with MJ. And I think he sees a lot more of himself in Kobe and and also guys like uh, or a guy like Russell Westbrook. Um, or not a guy like what Russell Westbrook actually Russell Westbrook. Um, cool. Yeah, he says this every every time somebody asks him. Right. Well, and, and, and it's never going to change. Here's and my unless thing. LeBron gets five or six. If I could, if I could sit down with Michael face to face and. Uh, I would say, listen, this five to three argument, I got to talk to you about this because Kobe Bryant, three of those championships, he wasn't the game breaker. He didn't like Shaquille O'Neal broke the game of basketball for a period of time. Uh Like he dominated in the same way that LeBron James has broken the game of basketball because of his ability to pass and also drive the rim with nobody able to stop him. So that would be my argument with the, with the titles. It's really, you could really argue two to three, where Kobe Bryant was really the difference maker, the guy that <laughs> that broke it. That would be my only argument. What do you What do you think about that? Um, you don't like that. You don't like that interesting. argument. Interesting. <laughs> that would be my argument. I mean, I still think it's going to be the ring. I would, yeah. Listen, when you're when you're comparing two greats. And you're comparing championships. I just think you have to go with the guy who who broke the game of basketball in winning his and ti- winning all three of those titles. All right, let us know what you think on Twitter at Locked On Hornets on Facebook. We're going to do one of these live events again very soon. Thanks for all of you who joined us live and uh, anyone who's listening to this podcast. Thanks for your support. Uh, go on YouTube, subscribe to us there, YouTube.com forward slash Locked On Hornets, where we will be doing a lot more of this type of video work. And uh, let's see, subscribe to us on iTunes. Give us a five-star review. Those help uh, other hardcore Hornets fans just like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again next week with much more on the Charlotte Hornets. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.